You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Kaiju Curry House, part of the Heroes Podcast Network. We are a British bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the very best of accessible kaiju discussion. Today, we are not doing our usual format. We have released slightly out of schedule so that we can bring you the center of discussion about the Gamera box set, as it's so important that we get a dialogue going about this. On that note, today, Joe and I are joined by senior disc producer James Flower and the renowned artist and illustrator Matt Frank. How is everyone doing, guys? Pretty good, thanks. Tremendous, tremendous. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Wonderful. Joe, get us started off with the dad pun. All right. Yeah, the pun is, what have Kaiju been up to? And just ask, you know, shoot off and fire off whatever monster-related goodness you've been up to the last few weeks, what have you. Well, I have, I I can't think of a pun there. Well, I mean, there's always uh, tons of fun monster stuff happening when you uh, work for Arrow Video, and uh, particularly recently with Gamera, it's just, uh, you know, just been very exciting after a year and a half of working on this thing, having it come out into the world and keeping track of the reviews and the reactions and, uh, you know, and leading up to this week, which has been the week of release where um, we just, it turns out we've nearly sold out of box sets, which is just an incredible thing that never in a million years would we have have expected it of this thing. Kind of, we, we decided to do 8,000 units as our kind of worldwide run of the box set. And we thought that'll do us till the end of the year. That'll be fine. That, you know, and, uh, this week it's uh it's yeah it's just incredible so that's what i've been up to you now get to subject one of the other uh folks yeah. on the podcast to it so all put right. someone else on the spot okay you have to use matt. the pun though all right matt what have kaiju been up to nailed it. it yeah you got it man you got <laughs> it i i will generally when i get a question like that i will gesture broadly at my life and whatever is the behind me in my uh, in the frame of my camera, but uh, specifically, aside from going through the the Gamera box set myself and uh, really digging through it and uh, listening to all the commentary tracks and all the uh, special features and stuff, uh, I, I I you know the other problem is that. The other stuff I've been working on, I can't talk about right now because it's all under NDA. But uh, that being said, though, the Gamera set has really kind of taken over my life to the point where it's kind of got my brain on fire creatively as to what I can do narratively with Gamera moving forward. You know, you know, there's a hope. There's a hope that maybe someday, someday we can maybe bring Gamera back to comics. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. If any, uh, you know, you people at uh, Dark Horse or uh, Image Comics or Boom, or I got a list over here about five other cub publishers I have in mind. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, just I've, I've been really digging narratively into Gamera as a, as a storytelling um, 
concept and, and just my brain has been pinging around that but i have to set that aside for the moment because god knows i have about 20 other things to work on so mostly it's been the gamera set <laughs> i assume that uh, now it falls to me to select the next person yeah it's a privilege enjoy it <laughs> well joe what have kaiju you been up to right um so this week I had some very lovely gifts come in from Alex, no less. And it was some prints from Joe DeVito. They are gorgeous. And he was really lovely and snuck in an extra sketch for me, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I've been subjecting other people to, I'm not sure, Matt, you might remember this, but back 1998, there was a Hallmark film, Merlin. Yeah, that? the one with uh, Sam, Sam Neill, Neill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I subjected a few Brits to that. Hmm. What one sitting, of course, because you know three hours—that—that's nothing. But yeah. um, we watched it, and it was really fun because we got to see some great. I mean, it was a little bit older special effects, but they were fantastic. We got to see the Jim Henson dragon mm. and some really fun stuff in there. So that's really what I've been up to this week. So yeah. Didn't the sequel have Rick Mail in it? Am I missing? We don't talk about that? the sequel. We don't talk <laughs> about the sequel. Okay. I didn't even know there was a sequel. <laughs> Just no, people listen to this podcast. We, we can't do that. But um, we have a reputation to keep here. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, no, no. Don't don't look it up. No, don't do that. <laughs> Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? Well having spent ages in my garden shouting at my cauliflowers that weren't growing, I decided to start focusing on my house and kind of apply order to it because I'm I'm sure you all in lockdown will understand if you can get your house in order, you have beaten COVID. That's how this pandemic works. So I looked upon my works and decided, you know what, I'm going to start reframing all of my posters. And I had a huge quad size monster, uh, sorry, troll hunter uh, poster. And that's now in my living room. I moved around so autographs from various actors and just basically tinkered with the house the layout and just kind of really kind of got my Godzilla room back in order because yes I'm a 32 year old man who has a Godzilla room which the rest of the world would call a living room but yeah it's been (laughs) nice just kind of getting my collection in order in a presentable way because I think it's one thing to collect but it's another thing to kind of curate and have it in a presentable manner so I don't just look like a weirdo who has piles of dusty stuff but it's, it's I feel been... attacked by that. I feel attacked by the dusty yeah. stuff. Yeah. You, you I should. feel sane. I feel, you know. Isn't that what they say? What, sane? Mm. I feel sane, yes. You, oh, you feel sane. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just jealous of the curly-whirly that you were eating earlier, James. <laughs> we already have a strained relationship here on the podcast. Oh, there it is. He's taunting me. Well, actually, the first question that I've got coming in um, was from Vermilion Praetorian, and they wanted to say... How did it feel with the unexpected demand of this item? Maybe it wasn't unexpected, I don't know. But given how many people are still wondering if they will get their orders in at all for Gamera, some ordered in advance early, other people, you know, their orders were cancelled from certain kind of distributors. And the bottom line seems to be that the demand was incredible for this box set. So how did that feel for Arrow? Uh, well, it was completely unexpected. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's such a trip thinking back to like a year and a half ago. Our initial plans and expectations for this thing were so modest in comparison to what happened. You know, it was just going to be 
a kind of much smaller set in only six discs, not as many extras, smaller packaging. And then kind of organically, bit by bit, over the course of a year and a half, it just mushroomed into this beast of a project. Um, and, you know, I think uh, when Criterion's Godzilla came out at the end of last year and was very, very successful, that kind of gave us the confidence to, um, you know, up our ambitions a bit. And, you know, and especially when we saw how great Matt's, Matt's artwork was coming along and how exciting, how excited we were by it. That kind of, okay, maybe we can make something more out of this. Maybe we can make a bit of a meal out of it. But we never still thought that, you know, we still kind of thought, okay, well, yeah, look, it's a, still a pretty niche character. It's never really been released in the UK at all. I think, you know, uh, the only Gamera films that have really kind of come out in the UK before were, you know, the Heisei trilogy. And, you know, even then, only very briefly. Um, the fact that we're in the week of release and it's kind of almost sold out is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's just completely taken us by surprise to the point where, you know, we haven't even discussed our strategy for um, the standard release yet, like the kind of smaller scale down edition that we'll do, I would presume at either at the end of this year or the beginning of the next year. We don't even have, we haven't even broken down whether it will be all one box set or multiple box sets or what we'll do. So it's, 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 it's very overwhelming. And, you know, in terms of the people who have had their orders cancelled or it looks like they might not get theirs, it's, you know, I'm genuinely, you know, like my heart goes out to them because, you know, if we, work, we work so hard on this thing and, you know, we really want, any, we want anyone who wants it to have one. But um, it's just, you know, that's, uh, that's just the way it crumbles cookie-wise sometimes in terms of, the, you know, uh, how it goes with some of these limited editions. So hopefully, you know, hopefully in the long run, everyone who wants one will be able to get one in some form anyway. Well, fingers crossed for those people who've missed Absolutely. out at the moment because I, I, it's always frustrating when you think, do I pre-order? And then you don't, and you don't kind of push the button and then you think, you know what, I should have gone for that. But even mm -hmm. worse, if you put in that order and then something's fallen through, that that's terrible. Absolutely. Uh, you've almost yeah. answered the question for me, but I'm just going to shout it out from um, Godzamara. Uh, God um, they were saying, will there be a standard edition after the limited one runs out? So you've hinted to that. Yes, I mean, there certainly will be. I mean, well, to, as I said, it'll kind of, it, you know, it won't have all of the nuts and bolts that came with this one. So it won't have the comic book or the essay book or uh, the art cards or the map poster or, but, you know, any of that stuff. So it'll just be essentially kind of the discs in smaller packaging, which, you know, to some people will be great. We, I don't need the extra if I just want the discs. Um, and the discs will all be the same. So we won't be losing any on-disc extras or anything like that. Wonderful. Um, but again, I don't know when that's happening or in what combinations that strategy is yet to be determined. But So you don't know uh, we, when the release will be of that at present? No, I wouldn't have thought it would be any sooner than either December or January. But I mean, that I, again, I, I can't... That's not gospel truth. Don't no, no, absolutely. That. Well, um, in which case I'll, I'll reply that we don't know when the release will be for that. <laughs> but it's it's not but it's but it's on the table it's uh you guys y'all are kicking it around though that's the thing to remember i think oh yeah yeah we wouldn't i mean we've worked too hard on these things just to have them go by in a flash like that you know we sure. want them to be able to be enjoyed by people for however long we have the license which i don't know how long that is but um you know hopefully we can carry on making gamma fans for as long as possible which i think leads us to joe's question which he posed to me earlier um Joe, you said, why Gamera? Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, that, that is my question. So 
it, it isn't a knock on Gamera, but you know, like, where did it come from? Like, where did this interest in releasing all the Gamera films come from? Was this a grassroots thing? Did someone in the boardroom just have a bright idea? Like, ah, out of thin air, Gamera. Or you know, where did it just come from? That, that was my question, because Gamera, like you said, is a niche character. So why the interest? So our head of catalog at Arrow is a guy called Kevin Lambert, who is really good at, you know, finding new acquisitions in kind of the, what we call the catalog sector, which is uh, old films, essentially. So not new films, kind of going into, you know, looking through studios, what we call the veil lists, which are the kind of list of films that are available to license and going, yeah, that, that, and that, and making really good deals for them. So Kev is not only a big, Japanese cinema buff in general, uh, but he's also a big Gamera fan. So he'd already had, you know, some of the previous box sets that Kadokawa had released in Japan years ago, for example. So he, you know, and when uh, the rights to the Gamera films became available again, he was all over it and really wanted Arrow to do it. So they made the deal with Kadokawa and made it work. And that's when it landed on my desk and they said, okay, make this work as a Arrow box set. What do you want to do? And I had never seen a Gamera film before and I had no idea what to do, but uh, over, okay. the, over the course of a few weeks of research, that uh, slowly but surely came into place. But we'll get to that in a bit, I'm sure. So you, you've just you know, touched on a very interesting bit. Now, I, I have to ask, so you hadn't seen a Gamera film before. Which one did you start with? Oh, God, I don't even remember. I think I tried to do Because depending on which one you started with, you would have thought... <laughs> Wow, sure. this is a strange. This is a strange character. Or you know, I, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, try starting with Super Monster. My God, um, <laughs> I would. I can't remember for sure, but I would imagine I started either with the first one, Gamera the Giant Monster, or Guardian of the Universe. I mean, those two are probably your best starting points if you're a Gamera novice, yeah. because they're the starts of different continuities. So sometimes, yeah. does that answer the question, Joe? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, you, you started with the quote-unquote first ones, so I mean, well, you know, well done. It was just, if you came in at the middle there at any point, you'd be like, hmm? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, hey, you don't, you don't have to like these films to work on them, but it just, it's always helpful when you do, so I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that was the thing that really uh, surprised me when, um, uh, James, when you and I did, um, when you and I did our... Uh, panel for Kaiju Conline, and you had kind of uh, you had admitted essentially to uh, having not really been familiar with the character. See, when you and I were originally talking uh, via email, and I was sitting here being like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in some knowledge here and show him how much I know," and then he starts firing back at some of these deep cuts. I'm like, "Oh God, uh, he must be a big Gamera fan," and I'm sitting here kaiju splaining him and uh i think it more speaks to uh james simply being a professional <laughs> and uh being good at his job so uh yeah this can we confirm guy. that kaiju splaining is a thing oh yes <laughs> kaiju splaining is totally a thing okay mm-hmm. good totes yeah i did my research so i wouldn't be kaiju splained i think that's the you know there you go a true professional. Excellent. Well, um, Matthew from Botchamania has just tweeted in, and he says, first of all, he loves the size of the box set because he's got something now to drop on burglars if they ever attack. <laughs> yeah, it's, an, it's kind of a murder weapon. We didn't quite intend it that way, but it's bloody heavy. So yeah. Uh, and their question is, it might sound quite broad, but how do you decide what releases to, well, release? 
because the catalogue for Arrow Video was very broad. Anything from Canon films to uh, Giallo, Giallo, he's, he's, he's Giallo. referenced. Giallo, yeah. And he, he's, he went to film school. He's, he's really kind of into his niche cinema. And when I mentioned, oh, I'm going to be sat down with Arrow Video, he's like, great, well, you know, ask why they pick the stuff that they do because it's, it's pretty varied. Mm. It's a, I mean, yeah, that is a broad overreaching question. But I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, anytime we announce anything, there's always a, uh, a contingent of uh, Facebook commenters who are like, why, haven't, why aren't you releasing this? Why haven't you announced this? You should buy the rights to this. And, you know, more often than not, the reason why we don't is that A, they're with someone else already, or B, they're just simply not available. Um, so we kind of, um, Arrow are very fortunate to kind of have the muscle to be able to be able to go to various rights holders and negotiate rights to kind of films that might be not be available to other people. But at the same time, we are kind of beholden to what is available. So that's what studios are licensing out their product. So we're not going to have a deal with Disney anytime soon. So there's no point asking us for a Disney film. Uh, <laughs> there's, uh, and you know, whether in some instances we are dependent on whether it already has a high definition master available. Uh, sometimes we're able to create a new high def master by ourselves or even a 4k master, which is something we're doing now. We're releasing UHD titles, which is very exciting, but yeah, as well as whether it's available in, um, the UK or the US or but preferably both because we've we started out as just a UK distributor releasing films in just in the UK but a few years ago we branched out to also releasing films in the US um, and more often than not we prefer to get films for both territories because um, it help, it you know enables us to spend a bit more on the edition and do you know make bigger plans and make more money from the film in the long run um, that's not to say we would never do UK specific editions of Den, like, you know, we still do, but it's um, more often than not, we're looking for those dual territory releases. So within all of those criteria, kind of, we kind of are looking at kind of, we're talking to all the time to kind of different rights holders and studios and working on, you know, relationships with different people. And that's kind of the long and short of it. There's, and you know, it, um, so Kevin, who's the guy I talked about earlier, he will, either make a deal on his own steam or he'll come to the rest of the team and say, here's a catalog of films. What do you think looks good? And because the rest of us, um, certainly in the content team, the production team that I work in are all very passionate and knowledgeable about film. We will be able to say, this is a really good film. This hasn't had a Blu-ray release before, or it has, but here's how we can do better. So that's kind of the gist of it really. But there's many factors to consider and absolutely absolutely it's not it's not unfortunately as simple as saying we like that film that's release yeah. it it's, you know if it was we would have released the hitcher a long time ago that's the one that they always ask for that and uh, yeah. peter jackson's first few films and you know there's a, there's a few that they always ask for and yeah. it's like guys we would we would if we could you know yeah so regardless of the process behind kind of picking out what's viable there's always going to be contingent of people say oh you're not trying hard enough or have you ever <laughs> considered this you know it gets sure and, and and i'm sympathetic because you know not everyone can have you know a sophisticated knowledge of how film distribution works so i Absolutely. mean that's I'm, i understand that that's fine it's um that was a diplomatic yeah. answer thank you that, that, that was yeah, yeah that i want to well. grab him by the shoulders and be like shut up don't you know <laughs> oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I can't remember what I was going to say, but yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, was, that, that was really interesting to hear. Thank you. Because mm -hmm. I think 
I mean, I don't have a phenomenal knowledge of how this process works. So in my head, I, I figured it would be as simple as just getting the license rights. But obviously, there, there are many more things to consider. And simply yeah. when you were saying about having the UK and the US as well, that's obviously an additional barrier, isn't mm. it? I mean, that will add complications to it. It has, and that's probably stopped us from getting some titles um, because, you know, studios might think, well, I can probably get more money from licensing to separate distributors for those two territories. But, um, you know, and that's, so yeah, there are probably some titles where, you know, we're we're either not going to release it because it's kind of too small change for us just to have one territory or it's just not available for that reason. So, but that, um, but on the other hand, it's opened some doors as well to some other projects that we would not have gotten otherwise, Gamma being among them, where if we were just focused on the UK, we, and, or even ju- just the US, really, we probably wouldn't be doing the box set that we've put out. So, Wonderful. Um, one final question before we take our next break. Um, coming in from Screen Heroes Podcast, who are a sibling show to us, uh, Derek is asking, aside from Gamera, what are the top three or so releases from Arrow that you could recommend as an introduction to the kind of stuff that you do? Yeah, I saw that question earlier and I'm still not sure how to answer it. <laughs> um, I think I, I, um, someone touched upon earlier about the fact that Arrow has a really eclectic catalogue. And that's one of the things that I love about working for them is that you're never kind of really bored because you're always working on such different things all the time. Um, so it can go from, you know, 1940s film noir to kaiju films to, uh, you know, uh, mainstream movies relatively. And it's, you know, it's, we kind of don't have, uh, unlike a company like, um, I was just going to throw shade on Criterion. I don't think we will. They're pretty, (laughs) but that's, it's, uh, but you know, unlike some companies, we have a pretty, we, you know, we don't kind of cut ourselves off from anything generally. We tend to, you know, be open to pretty much anything that's available and, um, well, picky as well, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we, we don't kind of throw borders around, no, that's not a narrow film. I don't think there's really such a thing necessarily as not a narrow film. All of this is to vamp and avoid answering the question about what... Are the <laughs> no, but it's interesting, though. Yeah, it's... Uh, God, you know, in terms of the three representative ones, well, there's an example of, like, a good mainstream one where we were able to go to town and do something that's different from... That's, uh, and that builds upon what's come out before and exceed, excels upon it as well. Then something like Robocop is a really good example where there was a, already a Blu-ray where people are like, that's a really good Blu-ray. What, how, what, what the hell are Arrow going to do to, you know, beat that? And, you know, we've, I think we kind of smashed the earlier edition in terms of, again, the bulk of content. Um, and, you know, I should probably put a shout out to our other new release, Pitch Black, now available yeah. in the, uh, 4K UHD looking better than ever with an amazing assortment of extras. So that's a, you know, it's a good, again, another example of like a major studio title that we've been able to kind of put a nice new sheen mm. upon. Um, another creature feature too. Another creature feature. Absolutely. You can't yeah. get enough of those. And so we've had uh, Robocop, we've had Pitch Black. Well, but I, I kind of, I, I, I guess those are two, but I kind of was thinking more for one place. I mean, along, along a similar line, I guess, in terms of classic Hollywood, I think we were also restored and re-released Billy Wilder's The Apartment a few years ago, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, I didn't work on that release. That was before I joined the company. But the Apartment, did you say? The Apartment uh, with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. It's, uh, just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. Thank you. Um, that we, again, we restored from the original negative and it just looks incredible. Extras are great. It's, um, if you haven't seen The Apartment, regardless of it being an hour of film or not, it's just a great movie and you should see it. Sorry, pardon my French. But it's fine. 
so there's that and yeah we've got a really great catalog of kind of foreign language stuff as well so i mean in terms of our japanese releases uh, that aren't gamera again another one that we did a new restoration of that i think uh is probably worth highlighting is our re-release of the original ring or ringu as it's called in the u.s mm-hmm, the original really? ida nakata film which um that's one again that kind of had been out of print for a while and it maybe been in the shadow with the american remake for a little while but we were able to give it new life and give it a great looking new restoration of the film uh david callett does a great commentary on the blu-ray mm. if you're a fan of him and you should be then uh, loves me some david absolutely so mm-hmm. i would heartily recommend that arrow blu-ray as well but there's god i could, I could go on all day but, I mean, uh, don't forget, don't forget we're having, an, you've got another Daae film coming out, uh, Warning from Space. We do have Warning from Space coming up, which is, uh, yeah, so that's another Tokusatsu kind of vintage Daae film, which for those who don't know, uh, Warning from Space was the first color science fiction film made in Japan. Uh, and it's never had any kind of, the original Japanese version anyway, has never had any kind of official video release in the West. Uh, It's only been kind of crappy public domain bootleg copies of the American television version, which is dubbed and um, copies of that have always looked like crap. And so not only Arrow, we've been able, we're able to put out a Blu-ray of the, you know, the Japanese cut with new subtitles looking great, but we've also been able to use that to do a recreation of the american cut in hd as well so Whoa! Both, both versions are on the disc and it looks better than it ever has before i mean it's, it's an old movie so it's still got a little bit of color warping and things compared to a modern film and because the because of how the elements have been stored and things but it still looks better than anyone's ever seen it and that's going to be an exciting one that's out in october fantastic what a brilliant time to take a break there's so much content here <laughs> folks we'll be back very soon me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT, more than a gas station. Hello and welcome back to part two of this episode of Kaiju Curry House. We have James from Arrow and Matt Frank joining us today. Me! Yes, exactly. (laughs) And uh, Turtle Man! Exactly, the Turtle Man (laughs) Returns. It's the sequel. All right, so we uh, have gone over some questions for James at Arrow and he's answered them absolutely like a champ. And we have learned a lot of things about the film distribution business. Now we're moving on to some questions from Matt, and uh, some of these have been posed by our group and by our colleagues. And the first one, Matt, and you're going to have to pick and choose here. You're going to have to pick between your babies. Oh, dear. What is your favorite piece of artwork 
in the Gamera box set. And why would you say it's your favorite? Wow, geez. Um, uh, man, that is a that is a tough one because the Gamera box set represented a unique, a very unique watershed moment for me in my career because I I stumbled essentially across a completely new art style or a relatively different art style than what I had done in the past. And I was so taken aback by it that I started integrating it into just about every other piece I've done since then, at least on some level. That being said, out of everything on that set, close to the top of my list is the Gauss piece from the, uh, the, the original Gamma versus Gauss. That's the first piece that I kind of stumbled across this very uh, high, uh, high complementary color leaning uh, speckled textured look. And I found this piece and I remember sending it to James and saying, what do you, what do you think of this? Cause I, this is so different that my brain doesn't know how to interpret it. And James seemed to like it. So, and my wife liked it. And uh, my buddy, Jared, that I run a lot of my artistic decisions past liked it. So yeah, I went with it. So the Gauss one kind of represents the turning point. Aside from Gauss, Iris, I'm very proud of the color scheme on Iris, the single, the, the, the Iris uh, portrait, because I leaned into the purples in the background on that. I, I actually did a completely different Iris piece that I scrapped uh, because I didn't like the composition as much. Uh, and also that, that ukiyo-e style piece that's the cover of the essay book. I really like how that one came out. So no, I'm not going to just pick one. Get away from me. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers the question somewhat. Yeah, there we go. Actually, um, you've just given me a question. Where did, like, what uh, movie did you start with? Like what was the first bit of artwork that you started with for the box set? Oh, I mean, the first thing I did was, uh, was the cover, was the main cover. That's the one since, that, that's the one that I would say is, is so much more in the traditional quote unquote Matt Frank style from the last couple of years but I really tried to pull out all the stops on it and make it as tight and refined as I could. It's one of those pieces. It's one of those uh, rare pieces in my portfolio that I spent probably upwards of a week working on just refining it and tweaking it. And I think I was still tweaking it even after it had been announced because I was like, wait, 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 James, I just thought of something different <laughs> that I need to do now. Um, and um, outside of that, pretty much went in chronological order. I I did, I started in the Showa days. I started with the original Gamera and Barugan and, and Gauss. And I sort of bounced around the Showa days a little bit. Then I knew the Heisei characters were going to take a little longer because they're just by nature of being designed by Mahira Maeda, they were more complicated. Uh, yeah. And uh, the last thing I did though, was I realized I wanted to do Gamera's for every movie. So I went through and I, I did an individual Gamera for each representing each film, even super monster in a weird roundabout way. I've got a question from uh, James Allen in our group and it's for Matt. How did it feel when you got offered the job to design the box set? <laughs> I, well, I mean, the first thing I thought was, what? I, what? 
is this real life? This is real life, right? And it, it was, it is one of those things where there is a brief moment of the, the, I call it sort of like reverse morning period where you kind of go through phases. And my first reaction is no, but really, no, but really. And my second reaction is, oh crap, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? And then my third reaction is, oh my God, I get to work on that. <laughs> and that's when I get really high pitched and my wife is like, you're scaring the dog. <laughs> so that, that, that really is how it goes for um, a lot of the prof- high profile jobs I get. But, but the Gamera one was, that was a really special email, especially because it's just one of those things that just comes out of nowhere. And I get this thing from James and I'm like, oh, oh ah. so that was the Matt Frank uh, um, sound effect variety hour. You can buy it on CD now. I can't even really remember how I found your work, Matt. I think I was just kind of obsessively Googling Gamera and then found something about The Last Hope. And I thought, oh, maybe that'd be a cool thing to see if we can package into the box set. Oh, no, wait, maybe let's just get this guy to do the artwork as well. Or let's see if it's available. <laughs> so... And, um, you know, from then on out, it just uh, grew from there. And, you know, I, I, uh, not to blow smoke up yet, but too much, but it just, it's <laughs> uh, collaborating with you on this has just been one of the absolute pleasures of this because your passion and enthusiasm, not just for the series, but, you know, just it really kind of propelled us along and really helped make it what it is. It really would not be the big deal that it is without your artwork inspiring us to go further on it. So, and you know, the fact that you, you know, like I said, originally we planned for this thing to be something so much smaller in comparison. And, um, you know, it was only going to be maybe one or two new commentaries or something. And then just the fact that you were able just to wheel, uh, bring out this amazing Rolodex of kaiju <laughs> experts and be like, well, what about Steve Rifle and Nate Gotchasinski? What about this guy? What about, you know, and um, we kind of were able to go from there and have help you, have you guiding us along the way uh, was really, is it's a real privilege and it's something that you don't really get on a lot of projects to be able to actually have someone, a, fr- a friendly hand to kind of guide you through unfamiliar territory. So thank you very much for that, Matt. Uh, well, thank you, sir, for uh, for bringing me on and and uh, taking a shot with me, man. Because uh, we're just it means, proud poppers this week. That's just yes. Out. I I absolutely I I feel the same way. You know, I've taken this thing. I took this thing safely and socially distancely. I took this thing to show my uh, my in laws, and they were just like, they don't know anything about this stuff. They don't do turtles but I showed it to them, and they were just like, oh my goodness, it's so big <laughs> and, uh, uh but no no i uh i i th- it really has been one of the best one of the best collaborative experiences of my career as well because y'all were just so open to a lot of my suggestions and stuff and i and yeah i just and <laughs> when you told me that i had an associate producer credit on this set i was like oh i somehow that made me even more flattered <laughs> on top of everything else so I have one more question from Andreas L, who's a good friend of ours over from Berlin. And they first of all wanted to say just how utterly amazing the box is. So where uh, well done again. More praise for you. You know, I think I think we need to send over some curly whirlies in a box to you, Matt. <laughs> I need them. And they they wanted to say who was the master mastermind behind the product design? Well, uh so 
Matt, obviously, uh, we kind of went off his artwork. And um, again, when we um, originally the idea was that the, the box itself was just going to be kind of a small standard size. And we probably have the usual kind of MRA plastic cases inside that that you'd have on a lot of the smaller boxes we did. When, when we were... Um, when we decided to go a bit bigger and the pro I, I, I forget the chronology and exactly what inspired that, but it was probably a mix of the Criterion Godzilla and seeing how big they were going. And also mm. that we found out we were able to license the Dark Horse comics and we thought, mm. oh, okay, well, we need to, this thing to be a certain size, otherwise you're not going to be able to read the comics. So we kind of looked around for inspiration and we looked at the, the um, we call it the serial box size, which is the kind of, we, we did a box set of horror films by Herschel Gordon Lewis a few years ago that was a similar size and um, Criterion did their Ingmar Bergman box set, which is a similar size as well. So we're kind of going off that in terms of the shape. In terms of the design, we work with a design company called uh, Obviously Creative, who we, I definitely put them through their paces in terms of the implementation of Matt's artwork and where the design was going from. So yeah, it's kind of it's it's a group effort between Matt, myself, and obviously creative, and and again drawing upon a lot of great archive materials that we've been able to get from various people. There was a collector in Austria who sent me a high res scan of that map of Japan that's in the box set, and once I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, we got it. We got to find a place for that. We've got to put that in there somewhere. <laughs> so I was so pleased that we were able to do that in the end. Yeah, that's the short answer to that question. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Joe, I feel that it's a bit lacking on Paul's part because normally we get him to ask a Tremors-related question. But do you want to lead? Uh, on, do you want to lead on something Graboid-related? Okay, so Paul had numerous Graboid Tremor questions. I'm not entirely sure which all were serious and which weren't. No. However, I will lead with perhaps the most ridiculous one because go big or go home. Who would win in a fight? This is open forum now. Gamera, Godzilla, or a giant Graboid? Why is this in? Why are we asking this? <laughs> you started this. I this is, this is Paul's brainchild. Like, is this, all, is this D, D. Tremors questions on every podcast? Is this yes. the yes. Okay. Paul, awesome. our third host, <laughs> always manages just to, just to sneak it in somehow. So this yeah. is it's a this great is, movie. So yeah. And the responses vary from the, oh, yeah, I do quite like Tremors, to, oh, Tremors 6, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, you know, why Tremors you 7 is out at the end of this year. Uh, My there God. we go. A connoisseur. You know. there, yeah, there we are. Will there be an Arrow box set on Tremors on all of them? I'll take the, you know, I'll take the suggestion at the flagpole. But, yeah, I mean, God, the first one needs a new disc, for sure. It needs, mm -hmm. like, a new restoration and stuff so, I, I actually have the uh the the, the original collection uh, well the collection that was put out on dvd like the first four movies oh the, uh, the attack pack i've got that as well yeah. yeah 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 and uh yeah and i i recently had gone through and just marathoned all of them because i had never i hadn't seen all of them except for the first one and like the fourth one and you know the fourth the fourth one's kind of charming i like the it's old fun. west setting yeah. yeah i think they're all the those four have good stuff in all of them Ooh. but man that original it's so good oh to answer his question uh gamera would find a way to win because gamera is the hero therefore narratively <laughs> he would win so, so then 
And you go there. Fly. I think that's a pretty good advantage. He can just fly away yeah. and just yeah. do an aerial attack. If they leave the Graboid for long enough, though, it will turn into a giant ass blaster, and then everybody's in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out from this conversation. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, feel, I feel we've done Paul a bit of justice well, we, there. Yeah, okay. there you go. Paul, we'll, we'll, take we'll, it we'll, later. we'll move on. All um, right, so this is another great, great question that's been posed. We're, we're picking a bit of favorites here, but uh, what uh, movie from the box set would you say is your favorite or gives you the most nostalgia butterflies? The, of, of, all the, of all the Gamera films? Yes. Okay. Uh, does anybody else want to take it? Because I can just leap into it. <laughs> I can. I will wholeheartedly say that Gamera versus Gauss gives me the nostalgia butterflies. I do love the original Gamera film. However, you know, Gamera versus Gauss, that was pretty great. Discovering that there's a giant vampire kaiju, that was pretty rad. Mm-hmm. And my favorite was Gamera versus Baragon, because as soon as I saw a rainbow come out of it, I could just, that was me kind of going, oh, great, I've got a queer kaiju. That, I, 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 was, I was on board. So Mystery Science Theater introduced to, uh, me to it, and I've stuck around ever since the, I saw the rainbow. Mine's kind of a coin flip on any given day, depending on what mood I'm in, between either Gueron or Guardian of the Universe. I kind of, if you want the cheesy fairy tale side, then, you know, Gueron is the, is my jam, along with all the chopping up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for the Heisei trilogy, I'm probably a bit more of a purist and would probably go for Guardian of the Universe. Mm. The, the, the Heisei trilogy, uh, is very emblematic of a very very specific time in my life and it's very hard for me to just sit down and watch one of them without just sitting down and watching all three of them and I I just did that last weekend I we had a few friends over and who had never seen a Gamera movie in their lives and we marathoned all three and every time I get a little emotional each time because those three movies were from a very specific period of my life when I was either trying to track down bootlegs of them or waiting impatiently for ADV to put them out. But I will say as an extra caveat, for the longest time, the only Gamera film I owned that wasn't from the original trilogy was Super Monster because it's <laughs> this highlight reel of, of, you know, best fights of Gamera. But upon rewatching it, I am struck by how good of an actress the lead good space woman is uh, Mak uh, Kikuchi. Mak Fumiaki is that? Mak Fumiaki, yeah, the uh, lady martial artist uh, wrestler, and she's a uh, really she's acting the hell out of this piece of crap. Um, so <laughs> I, I, there's something about that one too that just man, it gets me. So that's my complicated answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have a question for James Flower, uh, and this is from Godzamera. Could you go into some detail about the color corrections, restoration process of the films, and about the transfers used? Did you refer to other resources, prints of the films, other physical releases, etc., in the process to make sure the colors were accurate? Good grief, that's quite a long question. Yeah, I kind of I'm gonna have to cop out a little bit because that kind of that side of things, the um, the the video mastering and the um, the restorations and things like that is not really my job within within Arrow. We have a technical director called James White who um, has done phenomenal work on uh, you know all sorts of films for us over the years. When it came to the Gamera films, because they were um, none of them were 
uh, new digital remasters done by Arrow. They were all masters that were bought in from Kadokawa. You know, the first, uh, the Showa films are all the masters that have been released before by Shell Factory and Mill Creek. It's just that we put them through a little bit of an optimization process to, to uh, address some things like black levels that tend to be a bit variable in Japanese releases. So it's it's not heavy work and I don't think they look drastically different, but it's just, it's subtle improvements that do that. In terms of the, the second part of his question, which is about references to uh, other sources, we didn't really do that so much. Again, we, we might do if we were restoring a film from scratch, but because in this case, we are taking delivery of a film from a licensor, we don't tend to look at those other sources so much. I mean, the main problem as well is that frankly, we just don't have access to those sources. Um, you know, a lot of the video releases that have been before are flawed and they're not really reliable as, as, um, as references. Um, and they're certainly not going to be, you know, a, a, a kind of a, a, an original print off the negative or something that you could, you know, look at. So we kind of were, we're at a disadvantage in that case, but, um, not, not so much on the Gamera films, but, you know, on other films, we would do that. We would potentially look at, you know, well, maybe not on another, maybe not on the 35 millimeter print reference, but, you know, but certainly we would try and get the director or the cinematographer involved as much as we can as well. Is there anything you want to expand on that, uh, Matt? Is that like an aspect that you know much about? Uh, about the uh, color correction on the videos and stuff? Uh, Just getting an artist's an artist perspective on it. I, I think that these transfers are absolutely gorgeous. I, you know, because there's, unfortunately, you know, a lot of, a lot of Blu-ray releases, especially of older films or, or films from, from licensors, they sometimes don't get a whole lot of uh, love and attention unless they really go back in and clean them up from the ground up. Uh, I, when I popped them in, I just was, I was just, I was amazed because I was, I'm so used to the versions of the films that I grown, I grew up with, which were the VHSs of the original show off films and the good times video, man. Yeah. 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 Or, or the, um, or the ADV DVDs, which have a lot of bells and whistles, but the transfers aren't great. Like for example, there's like little details that are just jumping out at me, like the blood on Gamera's face after Gauss um, hits him with her laser. I was like, Oh man, I never realized that, that, I don't know. It was just a, it was just a nice detail. And I'm just, I'm just in love with these. I will say real quick. I wanted to point out one of my favorite special features, speaking of the old VHS days, one of my favorite special features that's on this set are the old, video promos for it was like celebrity kids or something oh, yeah. yeah i remember I those yeah i can't believe that those even exist because well <laughs> those, those there's like three or four very little short ones that are on the set like if you go on youtube there's got there's there's video of a little kid like narrating talking about the collection of stuff it's it's very cheesy how they went about marketing that series and oh yeah what we've got on now is just the tip of the iceberg but (laughs) well i mean uh i i that was how i first got introduced to gamera were these uh these little promo videos at the end of the vhs tape for legend of the dinosaurs which is not for kids and no no uh, 
But, Even though it was on a just for kids video, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like celebrity video, just for kids or whatever. And I and I remembered watching the movie, and even though that movie is very nostalgic for me, even as a kid, I was like, it wasn't very good. And then at the very end, they do the promo for the promos for this these Gamera movies, and I'm like, who is this turtle? <laughs> I was I was a I was in elementary school, and I lost my mind when I saw those. But yeah, this <sighs> was great. that was fantastic oh yeah we're approaching our second break folks we'll return for the final bit thank you very much me 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 but also you (laughs) the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House with Matt Frank, Smokey Joe, Alex, and that guy, Alex. <laughs> yes. Guy? <laughs> Perfect. We're talking about camera. We are right. Okay, so from the trailer where the king is dead to the way that the Criterion Collection has been shamelessly pitted against this camera box set. How do you feel, Jims and Matt, that it has become very much a turtle versus Godzilla kind of like <laughs> it's been like almost like a popularist battle of kind of which is the better thing? How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think it's much of a battle considering we won, but uh, <laughs> sorry, I I like the Criterion oh, set, oh. I, I do, but I just think through. Anybody hear something sizzling? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You need some aloe vera for that burn? Uh, I I just... Smell the modesty. Well, I I, honestly, just even if I wasn't involved in the set, it's just, if it was saw this much raw content get dropped, I would just be like, whoa. Mm. Uh, My head would be spinning like like a turtle. But I I don't know. Uh, James, where's your head on this? Well, you know, I, I have a lot of sympathy for the restrictions that Criterion were probably put under. From what I get, yeah. I, I've, I've, you know, I, I can't uh, talk about this really in any knowledgeable way. I've not spoken to anyone in Criterion. I, I've never worked with Toho before, so I haven't had first-hand uh, experience with those restrictions. But I mean, I have worked with other licensors where it's been the same deal, where you try and you want to do something really special, or you just try to explain to them, and it's just no getting through. 
if that is the case with uh, Toho and Godzilla, I, that, that's, uh, I don't know, again, I don't know for sure. But so, you know, people say to, I, I, I see people saying, oh, Arrow should have done the Godzilla set and it would have been so much better. It's like, they probably wouldn't. I mean, we, we probably would have dealt with the same stuff and had the same results. So I'm, you know, it, it's, I think, I mean, sometimes Criterion maybe have more of a kind of slightly more curatorial thing of, um, not necessarily having everything that they could do on there. Like, um, God, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, not, you know, not necessarily including all the dubs on the film where, on the series where they might have done it or alternate versions. But, um, you know, it, it's, um, I don't know. It, it's, uh, I, like I said, I'm sympathetic to it because they mm -hmm. could have, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure they would have wanted to go and bump beyond if they could have done. It's, um, but as Matt said, you know, I think it's a really fun set as well. We weren't, really it there wasn't too much of a kind of competitive streak in terms of wanting to do better than godzilla in terms of wanting to beat them because we were kind of going for a different style really i mean mine is admittedly a little bit more of an everything in the kitchen sink kind of style anyway uh because you know it's it's there why not put it on um so i yeah i'm kind of uh, as, as much as kind of a, a small part of me is slightly amused by the uh, uh, Chad versus whatever memes. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh there were so many. There were so yeah, many. I mean, no. um, we got I mean, comics, we got dubs, we got 4K restorations, we got interviews, docs, we got commentaries, we got new art, alternative versions of films that didn't even know it existed. <laughs> you want it, we got it. Criterion. Bonus features. <laughs> I mean, James really did hit the nail on the head with regards to the, the being sympathetic towards Criterion because, it, yeah, I, I can sit here and, and be like, oh, well, we won. But I, if I'm being honest, I, I'm mostly, I'm, I'm kidding mostly because sure. I, I just think that, yeah, as somebody who has worked with Toho, yeah, they have a lot of, They've just got a lot of rules. They've got a, they've, this is a multi-million, multi-billion dollar franchise that just has a lot of, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen with this thing. So for Toho, you know, a lot of their, they rely a lot on the Blu-ray sales of the Godzilla films in Japan. And if America puts out something that's comparable or better, then fans in Japan can import American version for cheaper than the same the, region too yeah yeah the same region and it's just one of those things where it's like i understand i can understand a lot of the decision making that goes into this i i wish i i wish i knew why for example some of the more baffling decisions were made like uh why there are so many dubs that are missing and other little things like that i but you know it's not a, it's not a competition it's like, this is a genre that's kind of been neglected for a long time, and I'm just happy we get what we get, and it's just very fortunate that Kadokawa pretty much opened up the floodgates and approved most of the stuff that was asked for, if I remember correctly. We kind of, uh, I had no idea what to expect going in because, you know, I heard everything from Katakawa total pushovers to they're really difficult. And, you know, the truth was kind of somewhere, not in between necessarily, but they were, they were pretty, you know, open to whatever we wanted to do for the most part. It's just they wanted to know why. And they kind of put us through our paces, kind of explaining and justifying some of that. But, 
you know, the, the, the box set is a testament to their willingness to kind of let us go places. So, and, you know, going back to Criterion, you know, I think something like the Bruce Lee set that they've just released is a testament to what they can do when the shackles are off and they can do all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, the Godzilla set is not representative of Criterion. That's representative of, you know, certain restrictions that were placed upon them, I would say. I do think what a wonderful position to be in, like during this kaiju renaissance where we're grumbling about, oh, I would have liked more on the Criterion box set when within a two-year period we have had masses of material coming out and just the accessibility of it, the fact that we're saying, oh, there's not as much as I would have liked. It's amazing that we're even having the conversation about which box set is better, which feels more complete, the fact that there's even access to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just it feels wonderful that it's available to the masses. One of my questions that I've got is what uh, are Arrow hoping to release in kind of the, the kaiju genre, given that it has been so overwhelmingly successful? We Yeah, we've certainly listened to a lot of what people are saying. I mean, we've so coming up, we have Warning from Space coming out in October. We also have, I think I can say, it, I think it's kind of, it's been leaked before, so it's reasoned public knowledge. We also... Have coming out at the beginning of uh, next year, we've got a double bill of two other kind of early, early day I Tokusatsu films, which are The Invisible Man Appears and The Invisible Man vs. Human Flyman. Um, those, nice. aren't big, those aren't big special editions necessarily, but again, they're the first time that those films have been released in the West. And, you know, even though and they, they're presented from the best surviving film materials, which, so, I mean, they're not entirely pristine, but they're also better than anyone will have seen it before because, well, no, hardly anyone's seen it before, so that's not too tough, but, but, you know, we, we don't have uh, any, you know, anything in the schedule in terms of any other ones yet, but we are listening and, you know, we are to all the people who are saying, oh, do Daimajin Trilogy, do Yokai Warriors and stuff. It's like, you know, if we can do, we're definitely going to try. That's all I can say at this point. That's fine. Joe, did you have any more questions? One thing Canberra. I will say, sorry, is that we don't, we don't, uh, I did see some people asking, oh, are you guys going to do a Mothra set or are you going to do uh, something like, we don't have a deal in place with Toho at the moment, so don't expect a Heisei Godzilla or anything <laughs> like that. That's probably not going to happen. Okay, yeah. so here, here's, here's a thought. So you have people that are always suggesting things. Is there a proper channel to suggest things? Or do you just go on Twitter and say, hey, thought we, this looked cool. Where is it? Uh, well, you, social media definitely does help. And we do, you know, we read the Facebook comments uh, for, for better or for worse sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have a dedicated email address as well, which is suggestions at arrowfilms.co.uk. And those get forwarded to our acquisitions team um, who... You know, uh, if it sounds interesting and it's something that's not been on their radar before, then they'll look into it. There we go. So, folks, if you're listening, if you have suggestions, there you go. There is a proper channel and a proper process for it. Well, uh, in which case, I think it is time for us to start wrapping up because I think we've covered quite a lot of content for this episode. Joe, we normally close off the final section with, if nothing else, don't we? Can you lead our guests through that? All right, so in this part of the episode, we're going to suggest things that fans, people interested in the content of this episode, you know, you know, could potentially know about niche things that they may have not have, we may have not covered things that we think they might be interested in. So it goes without saying that we are going to recommend the Gamera box set and 
get it while you can because it's selling out. I am going to go ahead and just say uh, look out for these releases. Um, I am eagerly awaiting mine. I, now that I have seen, because we are recording this on a video chat, Matt's uh, comic book, and it has something that I have always wanted to see in it. I am eagerly anticipating it. So please, please, please don't wait till the 11th hour. If there's a special edition, go for it, find it. I think currently Amazon still has some available. Just check it out. Don't get left in the dark. And if you're looking for a special edition, don't wait to find it on eBay. Just give it a go. So that's going to be my, if nothing else. I mean, obviously the box set has everything Gamera in it. So I mean, like <laughs> if we're going to suggest something along the Gamera lines, there you go. Well, I will go slightly off on um, a different direction here and I will go for my favorite uh, Dai franchise. Have I pronounced it correctly? Can someone school me on that? Day I, I think it's... Day it I. Uh, it, it, it seems to change depending on who you ask. Uh <laughs> I I always heard die a. Oh, that was the one I had. Yeah, yeah. die a. But but doesn't David keep calling it die i and uh, on his commentary for uh, yeah, Huron, it, I love his commentary, but I kind of wanted to slap him every time he said that. But I I still love it though. But go ahead. No, but you've confused me. What's the correct pronunciation now? I'm, no one will start. ever know. Go <laughs> away. Um, my favorite franchise is actually Yokai Monsters. Mm-hmm. And I think that the 60s films from the Tokusatsu genre go, I think it's really quirky. I think it's genuinely quite unsettling as a film series. I mean, the practical special effects are wonderful. They're late 60s films, and they've got all of my favorite yokai in because I'm a big yokai buff. Um, but it's it's shocker with Japanese culture, and I think it's a wonderful experience. And if I was ever to hope for a release from Arrow Video, it would be the trilogy, which is Yokai Monsters and the Spook Warfare. And I can't remember the last film, but they are very quirky and very frightening without being gratuitous, which I think can be quite a tricky line to walk. And they, they just deliver perfectly. So they are worth a watch and they are all on YouTube. And the, the quality is appalling. <laughs> Give them a look. <laughs> Along a similar line, a film I'd like to recommend as well, but I didn't know until David Callett recommended it in his um, commentary, actually, is it's a film directed by Noriaki Iwasa the same year as... Gamera versus Virus called the Snake Girl and the Silverhead Witch. Yeah, which is, I want to. I want to see that so bad. It's a black and white kids film that would irreparably scar any kids that you showed it to. It's it's um <laughs> it's kind of a it, it's. I mean, have on, you seen Mufasa die? I mean, that's hey, what kids' movies are all about: traumatizing. It's uh it's based on some horror manga by. God, what's the guy's name? Kazuo Imezu, I think. He's kind of a forebearer of... Um, I'm blanking on the guy who does all the horror manga now. God, what's his name? Ito? Oh, uh, uh, Junji Ito? That's the guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, really freaky, weird kids film. I, I believe it is on YouTube with English subtitles as well. Not that I should be condoning piracy in any form, but... You know, no, 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 no. If, uh, we if need to get some to... kind of film distribution company to get on that, really. I mean... It's almost like if we, if we knew someone, if we knew someone. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, if you find someone, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Well, to build on that recommendation, James, do you have anything else to add? If nothing else, what is your take-home away from this episode, other than buy the Gamera box set? You know, again, I, because, again, I was such a novice coming into all of this um, when I started this project, and, you know, I, I like, I've always loved you know, creature features and special effects, but more the kind of the stuff from the West where it's sort of animatronics and stop motion. So something, stuff like suitmation and kind of Takasatsu effects will kind of, I, I wasn't really experienced in all of that, really just through lack of opportunity, I guess, because so many of these things have not been available kind of, or at least in kind of proper channels. Um, but being able to do a real kind of deep dive into the genre and the, the fandom around it and you know the the one of the things that really made my life easy was that there's such a kind of centralized fandom and there's so many resources for it like um just i mean god wikizilla i just spent so much time <laughs> on that damn website just you know getting information from that that's just and you know having been able to have those resources was so cool um you know i'm I, it's spoiled me for any other kind of research-based projects i have in the future and so you know i'm dying to kind of do another one and build upon the work that we've done with Gamma and you know I'm just I'm so pleased that you know it's it's been well received and all of our hard work has paid off and you know so thanks guys. It's nice that you mentioned Wikizilla because we had a wonderful episode very recently with one of their members Mm. and we reviewed uh, Mothra 1961 then at the end of it we were like yeah we should collaborate more so uh, Kaiju Curry House will be recording with them again and we're going to be doing some narration for some of their YouTube videos so Mm -hmm. we're we're hoping to have more of a UK presence with the Wikizilla folk so they they, they are good people and they they are knowledgeable. Um, Matt, if nothing else what can you recommend from this franchise that you know so much about? Because you're an uber nerd for Gamera. I, uh, specifically for Gamera, I'm really hoping that people give Gamera the Brave a shot because uh, Movie Bob did a two-part Gamera retrospective and he talked about how, uh, he, he pointed out how the Brave, which he, he, he made the retrospective specifically because the new set is coming out, which I was very, very happy for. He name dropped the set in both parts and then followed me on Twitter. Uh, for those who don't know, Movie Bob is a, is a big YouTuber. He's, uh, he's been around for years. He pointed out how uh, the Gamma the Brave is kind of this, um, it's a Spielbergian Amblin style 1980s coming of age story that breaks out into a kaiju movie. Uh, it's basically E.T., but with a turtle. And unfortunately, about the time it came out, uh, that was not what was in vogue at the time. People wanted, uh, especially in the wake of the Gamera trilogy, people wanted more Gamera trilogy. They didn't want this earnest, sweet, and very well-made no, story give me about post nine eleven dark kind of yeah. I want to see I want to see War of the Worlds and Tom Cruise running from aliens and and so I just hope people give it another shot. I still see people making comments of being like, oh well, you know, I just don't like children, so I don't want to watch it. And I'm like, oh Jesus, all right. Glad I was never one. Yeah, right. Did, did you ask the Trunchbull for her opinion, or was I was gonna just... say I was gonna make um oh what's the name of that movie oh Matilda. Uh, I was gonna make a Matilda reference um mm. no I, I I hope people give that a shot and um, what Matilda 
Yes, that too. It's a great um, movie. Yeah. Miss Trunchbull's a kanji. Yes. 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 And sure. her, yes. Are we also making recommendations for the broader uh, genre itself? We are recommendation making recommendations for whatever you are passionate about within this genre. The yeah. last thing I will say is um, check out some of the releases from SRS Cinema. They're putting out a lot of really fun micro-budget kaiju movies like uh, Raiga versus Oga, which has my art on the cover. You're welcome. And uh, they are also putting out my buddy Daisuke Sato's uh, short film, Howl mm. from Beyond the Fog. They're putting that out on Blu-ray, I believe, this year. I think next month. Yeah, it's coming and out very, very a- soon beautiful beautiful short kaiju film it's basically man in suit kaiju plus bunraku puppetry theater uh it's 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 absolutely gorgeous i actually got to wear the monster suit briefly uh one of the last times i was in tokyo immediately became claustrophobic and tore myself out of it um (laughs) so uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend a lot of the stuff that SRS is putting out, just to support tiny indie kaiju stuff. Absolutely. If, if, if I may uh, just quickly crowbar in another uh, another word for our Pitch Black release, which depending on where you are in the world, it's out in the next week or two in 4K UHD and Blu-ray, and it's a great little creature feature that never has never looked better, and it's got an amazing suite of extras that, uh, again, took a very long time to put together, so uh i would you know heartily recommend that as well Vin Diesel is best it's a good movie i like that movie i'm gonna get that it's great fun yeah well i think to close off the episode despite the fact that kaijucon 2020 did get cancelled sorry postponed due to covid i would like to extend our invitation for next year to yourselves uh, our video specifically you james you'd be most welcome to attend kaijucon 2021 Hopefully in Birmingham. Stuff to plug and sell. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and we can have Matt Frank signing people's box sets as people line up with these units, these huge boxes. And <laughs> yes, it will, be, it will be a wonderful event next year. Joe, can you sign us off, please? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another amazing episode of Kaiju Curry House. Please follow us on Twitter, follow our Facebook page, and by all means, interact with us, ask us questions, suggest guests, and thank you, as always, for keeping a kaiju.